0: Yeah, Father, we just welcome you this morning. We just welcome you to do all that you want to do in our hearts. We just open ourselves up fully just to hear what you want to say to us. Father, we just ask that words that come from us just drop to the floor and words that come from you just cut right to the heart. Father, we want you to be king. We want you to be lord this morning. And so we just choose to open up everything that you you want to look at this morning and we choose to push in to see more of your kingdom in our lives. Holy Spirit just come and and do your work. Amen. Amen. So as Joe said we are looking at the book of Proverbs and wisdom and we just feel that that's really apt following the gifts of the Holy Spirit teaching that we've had because we feel both of those things are really Just really important for living out the life that God has for us. We need gifting to move in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but we need wisdom and character to live that out as a platform. So hopefully this morning, by talking about words, we're we're just creating more of a platform for God to move through us. Um, We kind of saw it as the gifts with one leg and the character with the other, and to walk the walk that God has for us, we need both. We need both legs in equal measure to walk in the straight line that God has for us.
1: Um, And we just want to say thank you to Nigel and Joe for inviting us to speak and um, being part of looking at this book with everybody else. We really enjoyed Nigel's sermon last week, and we look forward to all the others. But um, thank you. Okay, I'm I'm just going to try and set the scene for... um, the power of royal (coughs) words. Um, You, all of you, um, if you know Jesus and and you know God, um, are royal sons and daughters. And if you don't know Jesus, you can be. You can be a royal son and daughter. Your words have power to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. Proverbs was written by a king to an heir at a time when the kingdom of Israel had been established and the house where God would come to visit his people on earth had been built, the temple. It was, it was a golden age. They were all set for the kingdom of God to continue. Um, it's written and sort of gathered together, collated um, for and to a nation that God had chosen to establish um, th- this nation through, he, he chosen to establish his nation, his, his kingdom through this nation on earth, um, is to help them establish and maintain the kingdom. And as Nigel was saying, it's a ki- it's a-, a father talking to his son. It's a king talking to his heir. It's God and Jesus talking to you. If you're a son or daughter of God. Uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Your words have power. You have the privilege of speaking your heavenly father's kingdom into this world. In Acts 1, the disciples asked Jesus, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they were asking about the kingdom, and Jesus' reply was, your witness will spread the kingdom on this earth when they have power from the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted the kingdom of his father to break out of Jerusalem by the power of witness, which is what we do and what we say. And it's anointed. Our witness can be anointed by God. But what happened to the kingdom at the time that this book was written? wisdom and foolishness in proverbs are moral it's not about intelligence or cleverness um, or the lack of it it's a moral wisdom God told David if your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel and when I was doing this I can't help thinking about what's happening there now David told his son and royal heir Solomon, he said, walk in his ways, in God's ways, so that the Lord may keep his promise to me. After his father had died, Solomon said to God, he said, I'm only a child. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. That is the sort of wisdom that Solomon asked for. Was Solomon wise? Well, yes, he was in governing his people, um, and and you know there's lots of um, things written about Solomon's wisdom in the Bible. He was a very very wise king. Until he decided to reestablish idol worship on the high places around Jerusalem because he wanted to please his wives. In one Kings eleven, it says. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. Now I think he had 300 wives, 700 concubines. I don't know how many of his wives were from surrounding nations. But for everyone that was and worshipped to God, he built a high place. God said to Solomon, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it in your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. He was the son that Solomon had been speaking to, he was the heir. The royal heir. In one Kings twelve, it says the people, the people said to Rehoboam, "Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you." They'd done a lot of building, building the temple. Rehoboam asked the elders what to do first, and they said, "If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants." Then he asked the young men who he'd grown up with, his mates, and they told him to tell the people to say, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. I will make your yoke even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. That was what he chose to say to the people. It just reminded me, have you ever watched somebody who has had all the teaching all the experience, all the resources make a really, really bad, tro- really, really bad choice. Um, I've done it myself. Other people have had to watch me. I've seen other people do it. It's sad. The kingdom split. But that is not the end. The good news is that Jesus has redeemed the line of David. He has re-established the kingdom. In John 18, Pilate said to Jesus, You're a king then. And Jesus replied, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Those are royal words spoken by the king of kings hours before he laid down his life for his people and for all the royal heirs in his household, that's me and you, for his sons and daughters. Jesus has redeemed the moral wisdom of Solomon and re-established the power of anointed royal behaviour and words to establish the kingdom of the Father on the earth. So this book of Proverbs is for you today.
0: When we were preparing for this, um, I was kind of praying, God, is this, is this definitely what you want us to do? And I was walking to school with Amy, and um, she said, oh, we had a really good assembly this week, Mum. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's get to school. And um, she said it was on the power of words. I was like, oh, okay, i listening now. <laughs> and um, she gave an illustration that her head has, has given, and I'd kind of like to do it because I just think it's a really... Clear illustration of what words do.
1: So, just a commentary for those who um, can't see who are listening on the podcast. Can I have some helpers as, as mm. you've
0: stayed in? Somebody to hold the plate and somebody to squeeze the toothpaste.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so we've got a plate holder and a toothpaste plate squeezer.
0: Holder Thank you very much. And a toothpaste much. squeezer. <laughs> so <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> Okay, so these are how easy our words can come out.
1: So Abby's opened the toothpaste and she's squeezing and out it comes all over the plate. Big white mess.
0: Easy, absolutely easy to get out. Very quick. Toothpaste, tube empty. Toothpaste on plate. <laughs> what the harder thing to do would be is if I was asking these guys, now put the toothpaste back in the tube. Oh. Challenge for the service, no, don't. <laughs> do it after you could sit down and try thank you help us it's difficult done thank you so it takes a lot more to rein our words back in than to ooze them out Um, and I was just quickly thinking about why are words powerful what is it about words that when they're spoken they do cut right to our heart and yeah. And um, I was thinking in Genesis, God created by the power of His words. The very essence of words are that they are, crea- they are creative. The earth was formless; it was dark. And into it He spoke, "Let there be light," and there was light. Out of chaos He created order. So in His, Im- we are created in His image. He speaks us in, spoke us into being. Let man be made in our image. Let them rule. Let them fill the earth and subdue it. So in, created in his image, our words are powerful. Our words are used to rule and to fill the earth and to subdue it. We see through the whole of the Old Testament how God uses prophets and different people to just speak things into being. My particular favorite is Ezekiel 36, the Valley of Dry Bones, where he's in front of a whole... Plain of dry bones, and God says to Ezekiel, what do you see? It's like, well, valley of dry bones. And God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And I think if it was me, I would be pretty like, pff, trick question. Um, but Ezekiel's quite clever, and he, he puts the onus back on God, he says, do you say these can live God? But God's even cleverer, and right back at you, <laughs> says... You prophesy to the bones. And so through Ezekiel, Ezekiel prophesies to the bones. He speaks onto the bones' muscles. He speaks onto the bones' sinews. He speaks flesh onto the bones until a mighty army is formed. And then God does his bit and comes in with the breath. In the New Testament, God, Jesus uses words. He curses the fig tree and it withers. He commands eyes to be opened. He commands ears to be opened. And today we see people like Mark Marks going round. He uses words. He's not always saying, God, will you do this? Sometimes he just speaks to legs that are shorter than, I've seen it myself, one leg shorter than the other. Leg grow and it grows. God creates through our words. Proverbs 18 says, there is power of life and death in the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We literally eat our words if we if we are speaking good words then we'll be eating good things not maybe literally maybe we do eat good things but it comes back to us there is a principle in the kingdom of what we reap what we sow we reap so dom's got a testimony on that
1: well um just just what i just want to think about what areas we we have the privilege and the responsibility to speak either life or death into in our lives. And we we have the privilege of speaking life into our own hearts. We can speak to our own hearts. We can speak into our intimate relationships, family, our our spouse, um, wife or husband, and our close friends. And Um, and we can speak it into our sort of social setting, social milieu, I don't know what the word is, um, including social media, so to all our wider friends on Facebook and Twitter and all that. We can speak life into that. We can do it at work. We can do it in our community. um, We can speak life into our nation. We can speak life into the church, into the body of Christ. Um, Therefore, building up or tearing down spiritual kingdoms,
0: So God's opinion on our words is vastly different to the old saying that we're taught when we're children: "Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me." It's a lie. We know it's a lie. There's plenty of us out here that have experienced wrong words being spoken over us as children. You know, and you live you live with some of that stuff. You know, you're, you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid. You'll always be on your own. We live with those things. Our life experience tells us that that's not, that saying is just not true. Some people have been told you're quiet and you live in that prison of quietness, but it's not who God made you to be. Dom lived in a prison that God really set him free from as he was growing up. English, English,
1: yeah, yeah English. Well, thank you. Didn't
0: you, darling? <laughs> a prison, of,
1: a prison of Englishness, no. So gone, he's not aware of it anymore. Yeah, I became Jamaican. Um so yeah, when I was when I was at school, my, my English teacher said, um if you produce me a story, I'll put you up for English literature as well as English language. So I went off and told somebody who was very important to me and said, Oh, you know, I might be doing English literature at school. And they turned around and said to me, You'll never do that. You can't even spell. And it crushed me. And I I didn't do the story, and I, I didn't do English literature. But um, God has redeemed that.
0: He's writing a book. God has redeemed it. (laughs) So our words have the power to free and they have the power to restrain. And it's not always the words that other people speak over us. It's our self-talk as well. What do we walk around thinking about ourselves that we don't have anything to bring to a situation that we can't hear God? that we don't have anything good to say. There's lots of things we walk around with that we are talking to ourselves the whole time in our head and God doesn't want us to live our lives with that as a verdict, with what other people say or what we say about ourselves. He wants us to live by the good stuff that he says to us and about us, that we're precious, that we're valuable, that he loves to hear our voice. There's a guy, Bill Johnson, that says, I cannot afford to believe about myself anything that God doesn't say about me. And it's true. As our inheritance, we have fullness of life. But if we're not listening to the words that the king says, and we're listening to our own words or to other people's words, we're not living the fullness of life that God has for us. There's wisdom and there's freedom in living by what he says um i've got a testimony that's not mine but um i will not put names to it but i had a friend who had a really awful childhood um his dad was not particularly kind and got to his late teens early 20s and said i should never have children i i wouldn't be a good dad i should never have children and that was that didn't think anything of it um and many years later, him and his wife were trying for children, and there was no physical reason why they could not have children. Absolutely none. And um, during a prayer session, just this, these words suddenly came out. I remember saying this, and it was like a vow that he'd made over himself. And that vow was broken that day through the power of Jesus. And they went on to have two beautiful, lovely children But their words are powerful. We don't always understand the power that they carry. But God and Jesus, the blood of Jesus is stronger. And I just think it would be a good time now just to ask God, are there words that I'm living under that people have spoken over me? Are there words that I've spoken over myself that, They restrain us. They they stop us being from everything that God has called us to be. I just think it would be a good time to ask him and just to get rid of those things. So we just have quiet for a minute. Father, I ask now, Father, that you would just bring to mind any words that have been spoken over, over us, any words we've spoken over ourselves that have in some way imprisoned us or restricted us. God, will you just bring them to the forefront that we can deal with them?
1: Some of those words we, we live with and we don't have to. So those will be in your mind now. Some of those words we don't live with on a daily basis, but they still affect us. If you feel like you want to respond, you can, you can respond. You can either stand up, put your hand up. I'm, I'm not even looking. It's not for that. It's for you. If you want to be free from any words right now, you can do something, whatever you feel good, even if it's just sitting there in your heart, if you want to be free from those words.
0: Thank you, Lord. Okay. If you think of maybe words that somebody has spoken over you or words that you have spoken over yourself and the best place to start is to forgive the person that has spoken those words and you. sometimes we do need to forgive ourselves we need to release ourselves so if I lead in a prayer if you just want to slot in names slot in whatever the words were then, then just join with me Father today I choose to forgive whoever it is I release them to you And I choose to let them go. And today I break any agreement with the lie that, whatever has been said. I break my agreement with it and I break its power now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for my freedom. And I ask now, Father God, that you would speak to me the truth that you say over me in exchange for that.
1: You have got what it takes. You are good enough. You are loved. You are beautiful. You will make it. Your marriage will survive. Yeah, we just speak freedom. Your freedom, Lord, into people's lives, into people's hearts. Father, may this be a day where people walk out from under the weight of wrong words spoken over them. We just pray freedom over you in Jesus' name. Freedom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
0: Okay, that's a tool that you can use on your own anytime. It's just really just the exchange that we have with Jesus. So, if anybody says anything over you this week, use the tool. You don't need somebody special. We're all special. <laughs> you don't need somebody up the front always to pray this stuff. This is a tool that God gives us for every day. And.
1: Nicole has a tennis. Bat I have in her a tennis hands.
0: racket, <laughs> um, and actually, this is an illustration nicked from my children. We were talking about words, and um, one of them said, "Well, it's like a tennis balls being thrown at you, isn't it? And you just have to bat them away." And I was like, "That's so good. It's like you know somebody throwing the oh, you're so stupid." No, God doesn't say that. He says, "I'm wise. I have everything I need for life and godliness." right back at well not back at you because that would be vindictive but (laughs) but um out there
1: (laughs) The, the tennis bat i think is called forgiveness
0: yeah forgiveness and it also made me think of the armor that we have the helmet of salvation to cover our mind and we have the breastplate of righteousness what god says about us is is so much more powerful than what can get thrown at us So the next thing we wanted to look at, you know, we we don't want rubbish spoken over us, but we have to also take responsibility in anything that we speak over other people. Proverbs warns us. There are so many verses in Proverbs that we couldn't read every single one on words, so do explore it. Proverbs warns us against gossiping about the effects of flattery, saying something nice to get what we want, slander, criticism, and deceitful speech. They all sound really severe words, But how often do we just kind of indulge in them in small ways? How often do we turn up the charm to get what we want? How often do we say things about people we would never say to their face? How often do we use words to control or to put people down because we're feeling insecure? Even withholding information, that's not living in the full truth. Withholding information just to get what you want out of a situation. And the LAM course, big plug, (laughs) um, has been... Love After Marriage. Love After Marriage, sorry. Has really taught me a big lesson in this. I didn't think that... I thought I was a very open and honest person, but actually there was a session they did on Nothing Hidden. And I realised, actually that sometimes I did withhold information, partly because I didn't want a bad reaction, but partly because I didn't... This involves us. So partly that I didn't trust Dom enough to process what I was saying with God. And actually God said, you can't live in peace if you're not going to be fully open. And actually that was a real lesson for me. And there is so much more peace and rest in our marriage since I've done that. And actually... John reacts a lot better than I thought he would and I hadn't believed the best in him always so just there's a a purity that comes with openness and honesty and a rest that God gives us when we live by his word. Proverbs does warn us to let our words be few. Can we stand the silence? Sometimes we just need to button it. (laughs) Um, There's a verse in Proverbs that says about slapping your hand over your mouth there is the occasion for doing that. Sometimes I just either need to walk away or just literally put my hand over my mouth because it's not wise what I'm about to say. It's not I going to build up. I think that's an
1: area that I need to grow in as well, sometimes.
0: Not arguing. <laughs> <laughs> in honour. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of our family phrases that um, I'm going to give away now is when things are not peaceful and are slightly spiralling out of control. We've read a book by Danny Silk um, about raising children. And one of the phrases he says is, buy yourself time. We're giving away our clues now, <laughs> our um, weapons now. But he's, he, he uses the phrase a lot, maybe so. And I've found that as a family, we've, it's, it's kind of increased the level of peace because there will be... Argh! And it just takes one person to go, hmm, maybe so. Just to buy yourself time to really listen and understand what's going on in the situation. Um, so it's a bit of a joke between us when we hear each other say it.
1: Mm, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> um, so the Bible also tells us that we need to weigh our words and I think to weigh our words, we need to recognize that there's a direct link between our heart and our mouth. This hole in our face links. <laughs> and Luke tells us, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth spinks. There is only so long you contain what's going, in your, going on in your heart without it coming out. James reiterates it. Can salt water and fresh water come out of the same spring? So to have a long-term effect on our mouth... It's not just a matter of keeping silence, not just a matter of saying the right thing at the right time because that's what I should do. Let's look at our hearts and, and find out the motivation. Why, why am I spilling over junk? Why am I just smearing you <laughs> with my words? Um, there was a time when I found that um, there was a situation... Well, actually, Dom was spending a weekend writing his book... And we were talking about time wise, what we were going to do. And I suddenly found I completely overreacted. He said, "Um, So I need to know that, need you to know that this day and this day I'm not available. I completely overreacted, like completely head spinning moment. (laughs) And walked out and I was like, Oh my goodness, what? What was that about? And it made me realize that I'd lived with some words that you're a gap filler. And it had made me feel like I was second, you know, only good for gap filling. I'm not good enough to prioritize. Not words that Dom had spoken, by the way. (laughs) Um, But it took that going away and going, God, what is going on in my heart? That reaction was, and the words I spoke were so out of proportion to what he just asked. Um, So it's being brave sometimes, going on that journey and saying, God, what, what is it? Am I tired? Am I in, feeling insecure? Is there something about this situation that I'm really actually quite fearful? Quite a lot of the time, anger is a result of fear or insecurity.
1: I'm at my spikiest when I feel afraid and insecure and that's when my words, the words that I didn't mean to say, leak out sometimes.
0: Another reason why we can react is sometimes we see in another person something about ourselves that we don't like. And that just, it's not a conscious thing, but it's something that we can react to. And, and I would say, check that out sometimes. <laughs> it's not, you don't like to see it, but actually it's a the truth. There's something about them that reminds you way too much of yourself. And go to God, that's a wisdom that Nigel was talking about. We can either carry on and try and fix ourselves, or we can say, God, what are we going to do with this? We can't control situations, we can't control other people, but we can own our stuff. And he gives us everything we need. We need to ask God to help us to speak out of his grace and his peace. And to sit in our rightful positions of, as heirs of his kingdom, carriers of his kingdom. There's a verse in Proverbs that I found as we were doing this, and I absolutely love it. It doesn't mention words, but I just, I'm just going to share it because I like it. <laughs> Proverbs 19.11 says, A man's wisdom gives his impatience. It is a glory to overlook an offense. And for me it created a picture of there is something really glorious about someone that cannot be offended because we take it to God. We deal with our stuff and then we leave the rest with God. There is, it's like we sit on this throne of glory. And it's so important that we sit and we, and we operate out of that position because we're representing the King of Kings. There must be integrity between our words and our heart. Our words and our behavior have to marry for us to have any effectiveness for the kingdom. People can see, if you see, speak one thing and then behave another, people see that there has to be a marrying of the two and that can only come through a change of our heart. Philippines 2 says, Do everything without complaining and arguing as you hold out the word of life. It talks about stars as well in there somewhere, <laughs> but I haven't got it in front of me. But I think that's a really big thing. You know, within the work setting, it's so easy to join in with complaining and arguing because most work settings aren't perfect. But if you can operate. In a different way. If you can pour grace and speak the good stuff into your workplace, then we have the right to hold out the word of life because that's what God offers people life, not death in those situations.
1: Sometimes we can use words as a smokescreen to hide our own heart, and God doesn't want us to do that. Proverbs 26 23 to 25 says, like a coating of glaze over earthenware, are fervent lips with an evil heart. A malicious man disguises himself with his lips, but in his heart he harbors deceit. Though his speech is charming, do not believe him, for seven abominations fill his heart. When I first read these um, well it's, it's sort of one proverb um, I was thinking of like communication styles and like being being either and how much you know about it and how much you thought about it but being either sort of passive or aggressive or passive aggressive when you, you say one thing but mean something else in your heart or assertive when you say what you feel and you mean um, but God showed me it's not just about that it's actually about us hiding our heart trying to hide from him and each other and it's like a glaze you know it's an earthenware pot we're trying to hide the pot but we put a glaze over it God can see right through the glaze. And often, you know, people don't realise that other people can see through the glaze as well. Let's not disguise ourselves with our lips. It's like trying to hide in the corner. And God doesn't want us to do that. Talk can be a big cover-up. One of the things about Proverbs, having you know read through it, I've realised, is you can't. You can't falsify integrity in your heart. And God wants us, as his children, as his royal sons and daughters, he wants us to be the prime example that people see of people living open and honest. He wants us to model to those who don't know him what it's like to be in his family. And being in his family is not that, it's not glazing over it's not hiding and i just anoint you all for those that want it in jesus name to live open and honest and be a shining example of other people for other people to follow
0: okay we didn't really want to concentrate too long on the negative I'm running out of time because we talk so much i think if you if you spend your life trying to not speak negatively it's like being on a diet I'm not going to eat the chocolate bar. I'm not going to eat the chocolate bar. I'm not. I'm not going to eat the chocolate bar. And then you eat the chocolate bar. <laughs> if I'm focusing, I'm going to eat the healthy stuff. I'm going to really nourish myself. That's, that's what I focus on is what I'll become. So I want to focus on the power of positive words. The promises in Proverbs are so far-reaching for the blessing of right words. Right words carry immense healing. They, they bring life. They bring joy. They bring health to our bones. And I think above all, right words at the right time build trust. There's a proverb, 1523. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely word. We all know how good it is when somebody comes to us just with the right word at the right time. It's just like refreshing. It's oh, just so good, it's so sweet. But it's also sweet to be that person that brings a word. It's kind of like a bog off, buy one, get one free. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving something good, but actually I'm getting quite a good thing back because I feel great that I've lifted you up to another level. How can we do that for individuals around us? I think in the church we can get really used to people being encouraging and, and, and just saying, you're great at this, you're great at that. And if we're not, then maybe we need to get better at it. But in the world, it's much rarer. People do it, but do they do it with strings attached? And that's not a judgment on them. That's how can we be different? How can we do it enough that actually people suddenly realize they don't want anything back. They genuinely think I'm a a great person. They genuinely think I'm beautiful. They genuinely think that I bring something to this situation.
1: I was thinking about some of the words that I find myself speaking at work to young people that I work with. I've found myself saying things like, you are better than this. You have a different path to take in life. You will grow out of this. Um, That's a good one. I know you can do this. You have got what it takes. And Nicole, I know, um, is a person who, who does that as well to you know to people who who you know socially yeah mums from school and stuff yeah
0: i think as well the work that i'm in now um there's one particular boy i'm thinking of and he has had rubbish spoken over him you're smelly you're thick you're dirty you're useless and he came to where i'm working just Bent over, just awful, just no confidence at all. And actually, he is none of those things, but he was living as if he was. And as he's been with us, you know, we've been able to get to know him and say, you have a kind heart, you're you're one of the kindest boys I know, you're so funny, you're great at doing this, you don't smell. (laughs) And actually, as he's been with us, he's come to believe it. And his confidence levels are like up here and it's so good to see just the power that words can have over someone. And it's just being mindful as well of, of the words that we can bring into our marriage and our work situations. It doesn't negate us having to do the right thing sometimes. We can speak great, good words, but sometimes we do need to put something into a situation to change it. But I believe by speaking the opposite into situations where there's insecurity, let's speak peace into them. Where there's division, let's speak togetherness. Um, just a really quick example. Many, many years ago, we went through quite um, a horrific time in our marriage. and um, Sorry. <laughs> and we were really at breaking point. Don't touch me or be nice, because I really will cry. I do love you, just but from a distance her. at the moment. <laughs> um and, and I was like, God, if we're going to get through this at all, what, what do you say on this? And he gave me Ezekiel, which is why it's so precious. And it was about the Valley of Dry Bones. And there was one particular time we'd have ups and downs, and we were still like, are we going to get, actually make it at all? And I, I stood in the garden, I was like, God, <laughs> you said that these bones would live, and they don't look like they're living. <laughs> And just quietly and gently and calmly as God does, I heard in my ear, you haven't spoken to the bones yet. So I stood there in the garden and I just literally was like, God, I prophesied to the bones of our marriage. I put back in our marriage the muscles. And I asked him, what are the muscles? What are the sinews? What are the flesh? And one by one I named those things. And here we are. (laughs) It did take years. We've done the lamb's course. But the words are powerful.
1: And I've got to say, I've got to say thank you to my wife and I just want to bring honour to her because my wife behaves like a royal child of God in that situation, very hard situation and she literally spoke our marriage back to life. So thank you.
0: Thank you. and lastly, I just wanted to... Uh, I've lost the plot now. <laughs> what are we speaking over the place we live? In Proverbs 11.11, 11, it says, Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. By the mouth of the wicked, it's destroyed. What does God want you to bless? Winchester, Southampton, London, all the places that you live. What's his verdict on those places? You know, there's been times where we've walked around the streets at night just... God, we're just going to proclaim what you say over our area. And there has been fruit from it. There really has. So ask him, what is his heart for your area? If you don't have a heart, ask him to give, give you his, because He will. Create a platform for his kingdom. A quote I found, and I just love it, is from Brennan Manning. He wrote the Ragamuffin Bible and he says in every encounter we either give life or we drain it there is no neutral exchange so I'm just going to leave that with you what, what are you going to bring to your exchanges this week what are you going to bring to the atmosphere around you this week and if you don't have it, ask God for it that's, that's where we get everything from we don't have to do it out of our own strength it's all from him, it's all his grace I just want to finish with this clip Sorry for overrunning.
2: <laughs> Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong. And everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our hearts the words we say Mountains crumble With every syllable Broken, live or die So speak life you say, raise your thoughts a little higher.
1: life. Um, God wants to anoint people's lips this morning to speak life. He wants to anoint you as royal sons and daughters and heirs to speak his kingdom into the world, into your world.
3: I Nicole, thank you for that. Thank you for being so real and honest. And thank you for being so practical, too. Because, you know, there's plenty that we can take away to really live out this week, isn't there? And, you know, I was really struck by what Don was saying about God wanting to anoint our lips. And I wonder if if, if you feel that's spoken to you and you would like to. Um, we've just got some some water here. You know, some places have holy water and everything's holy in front of God, isn't it? And so if you would like... Um, your lips to be anointed today it says choose life on the oh that's clever on the bottle it says choose life if this is a commitment that you want to make this week yeah I want to choose life and I want to speak life to people and you would physically like to have your lips anointed then why don't you come forward in a moment when it's our time to pray just as a kind of symbol really there's nothing magic in the water but sometimes when we respond physically then God kind of takes that it's a way of us showing that we want to take things seriously So let's stand together. God, thank you that your book is so practical. Thank you that you gave us proverbs so we could learn to live well, so that we could do this complicated and tricky life in a way that pleases you and honours you and shares your life with those around us. Thank you that you're here to help us. We really, really appreciate that. And I ask today that you would just... Um, make it clear to each of us what you want us to take from here what it is that you have for me for each of us so that we can live in a way that pleases you this week and let's just have a moment of quiet you might already know what God's saying to you or it might be that you just want him to highlight something to you now thank you God thank you that you're here Can you feel that sense of peace and the thickness of his presence? God is here today. He's with us. He's touching many of us. Thank you, God. Thank you, King of Kings, that you're with us today. And in a moment, there will be the chance to to respond. You can respond where you are. If you'd like to, you're welcome to come forward. But also that sense of peace just reminds me that as we were praying before the service and we asked God if there's anything else he wanted to do, and one of the things that came to mind was that there are folk here who have a sense of anxiety, maybe even having physical symptoms in your tummy because you feel anxious. And if that is you and you would like us to pray with you, we would love to do that. Love God to bring his peace where there is anxiety and there is fear. So Michael and Karen why don't you just come back and play quietly if you'd like to respond in any way if you would like to have your mouth just anointed so that you can physically show yeah I want to go and speak life this week then do come forward you'll be welcome to do that and if you'd like prayer for physical healing or for anything else today then do come forward guys you know you know the drill if you're part of the church family here and you're used to praying with people why don't you come up first then we're ready to pray with those guys who would like to receive prayer so mouth anointed this side prayer for other things this side now's a good time to move and if you have children please go and release the um their team upstairs go and thank them for um serving this morning there will be tea and coffee available at the back and you're welcome just to say and listen to the worship music or grab a coffee but thank you so much for joining us this morning bless you